0: Welcome to A Matter of Time, a podcast by Tag Heuer. I'm your host, Nicholas Biebeck, Heritage Director at Tag Heuer, and a lifelong enthusiast for fine Swiss watchmaking. In this second season of A Matter of Time, I'll be sharing with you the amazing history connecting Tag Heuer to the ocean. Through sailing, tide indicators, stopwatches, we have an incredible breadth of history that links us closely to the sea. To begin this story, we have to wind the clock back to the mid-1940s. During this period, Hoyer was producing many watches for Abercrombie & Fitch. At the time, Abercrombie was one of the most prestigious sporting goods retailers internationally. Of course, today, their reputation has changed somewhat. But during this time, if you were the President of the United States and you wanted to go on a hunting trip or an expedition, you would travel to Manhattan and make your pilgrimage to Madison Avenue and the Abercrombie & Fitch store to acquire every item that you might need. The president of Abercrombie during this period was a gentleman named Walter Haynes. A passionate fisherman, he understood the need for a watch that showed the tides. Through the connection to Hoyer, which were making a number of watches already for Abercrombie with their name on the dial, Walter wrote to the head of the business at the time, Charles Edouard. This was the father of Jack. He'd been running the company for a number of years together with his brother Hubert. And we're very lucky today to have this original correspondence between Walter Haynes and Charles Edouard discussing this incredible innovation that was a tide indicator. Walter had actually registered the patent himself in North America and done some rough approximation on the math. Now, just to explain a bit about how a tide indicator works. As the moon orbits the Earth, its gravitational pull draws the oceans in the direction where the moon is currently located and of course creates an opposite pool on the other side as the sea levels even out at the tangential angles to the position of the moon. As a result, a moon phase and a tide indicator are very closely related. In fact, the math is the same and Walter had run the numbers for the patent filing, but when he wrote to Charles Edouard, he considered the topic a bit further. Now, coming from water, he was interested in the tides for knowing to when was the best moment to set out on his sailing expeditions. But Charles Edouard, in fact, was a keen mushroom hunter, and he knew that during a full moon, the mushroom harvest was much better. As a result, he decided to push the math a little bit further to make the indicator as accurate as possible. Having raised the topic with his son Jack, Jack went to his school physics teacher and explained the problem. He was able to produce a more accurate calculation for the gear train, making the tide indicator even more accurate. Utilizing the patent of Walter Haynes, combined with the manufacturing expertise of Hoyer, led to the launch of the Soluna in 1949. This was a revolutionary product, the first wristwatch with a permanent tide indicator. The range would be expanded to include the Seafarer, which integrated the stopwatch function together with the tide indicator. The Soluna itself is a fascinating watch. Whilst, of course, we're known as a brand that produce chronograph complications, this was a time-only watch with its tide indicator affixed to the dial. Of course, being connected to the sea, the watch needed to be water resistant. So we see a screw down back and a larger crown to make winding easier and setting easier when you're wearing gloves or when you're on a rough ocean. The dial is this beautiful grunier uh, white finish, uh, slightly off white, similar to the eggshell Carreras uh, that we see in the early reference 2447. When we see the Abercrombie and Fitch name on the dial, it's in this fascinating arc that sits at the top of the dial. And then we see the Soluna name in this lovely cursive script that we don't really see on any other products from Hoya during this period. It's the tide indicator itself that's, of course, most interesting. Using a combination of yellow and blue, as well as these intersecting crosses to show the high and the low tides, it tries to make the indication as clear and visible as possible. And in fact, during the production of the Luna, the design of the tide indicator would go through a number of different iterations in the quest to make it more and more legible. Now, when you look at the watch, there's one thing that's clearly very different from a standard time-only watch. There's a large pusher located at 9 o'clock, which allows the tide indicator to be set. Now, setting a tide indicator isn't necessarily so straightforward. You need to know where you are located geographically, and you need to know the times of the high and the low tides, so that you can set the initial position. As long as the watch continues to be wound, it will maintain accurate indication of the tide indicator. Of course, in the 1940s and 1950s, there were no GPS indicators or you could log onto a website to find out exactly when the high and low tide was. So instead, you would listen to the radio broadcast telling you every day when the high and low tide would be in your location, or you can read it in your local newspaper. Or of course, you could go to the local sailors standing on the dock and they might be able to share that information with you. Following on from the Soluna launching with Abercrombie and Fitch, there would also be a number of models made specifically for Hoya. Of course, the logo on the dial is different, and in fact, the style of the print of the Soluna name changed as well to something that was a bit more Swiss, let's say, easier to read, uh, less flamboyant, but still equally beautiful. This was just the beginning of the story connecting Hoya, Tag Hoya, and the ocean all together. And in the next episode, we're going to dig a little bit deeper into the seafarer and how the Tide Indicator complemented the chronograph function to create an ultra-functional watch for anyone making their livelihood close to the ocean. Thank you very much for listening to this first episode of A Matter of Time. We do hope that you've enjoyed it. Please don't forget to leave us a review. We always love to read your feedback.